the British TV podcast with Chrissy and Ryan. News, reviews, what's on TV this week, DVD releases, and special features all about British TV. Hello and welcome to show number five. I'm Ryan in Seattle. Hi, I'm Chrissy in Seattle. It's our second month. Wow. Amazing. It's November. It's getting dark early. People are watching more TV. And that's what we're all about. British TV. So how you doing, Chrissy? I'm doing good. It's nice to take a moment to pause and breathe and think of British television before going back on my busy, busy schedule. So you see anything interesting lately? Have I got news for you? This was last week, right? Right. With with Grayson Perry, the Turn, um, Turner Prize winner who does beautiful, beautiful work. And I thought he did pretty well for his first attempt there. He got some good laughs. Good. Have I got news for you is the topical news quiz. Right. The other guest for... was Ed Byrne. And the host was good old David Mitchell. So I thought Miranda... No, I'm, I'm, I was on episode two. I haven't seen the one from last Friday, actually. Oh, okay. We're a week off here. Yes. All right. The internets are gone at my house. No internets. So. Ooh. I know. Uncivilized at Chrissy's house. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully she'll get that fixed real soon. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So this week we have uh, news, what's on British TV this week, what's running in the United States, DVD releases, and a feature on actress Romola Gary. Did you see the... Wedding episode of the Sarah Jane Adventures. I did. With David Tennant and mm-hmm. Nigel Havers. I did. I thought it was sad. But was that's sad. that's my my viewpoint of somebody who is unmarried and my age and seeing what she had found and then didn't get to hang on to. Spoiler there, sorry, but Well yeah, Sarah Sarah meets the love of her life played by Nig- Nigel Havers and you know, if you've seen Nigel Havers, he's pretty good looking. Yeah, they made it they made a cute couple indeed. But he had a sinister secret and there was a villain lurking behind the scenes and the doctor had to show up and straighten things out. K9 even showed up. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it does end kind of it was kind of sad at the end. So that was last week's uh, Sarah Jane Adventures, the wedding of Sarah Jane and right. Smith, as yeah, it was we called. Were, we emailed about this earlier, and I think you were from the standpoint was, well, at least she has her fabulous computer and career and her and her friends, but I was just looking more at it like that might have been one of the last chances she had, and it, it was so short and so unfortunate, so... We we approached the episode different ways. I, I thought you were sad because of what David about David Tennant. So I was just confused the context. Oh, you were yeah. sad about the Nigel Havers was, plot yeah, line, which which one. yeah, it was sad. My wife watched it with me, and and she said, "Wow, that was that was really good." In fact, she ended up standing up the whole time because she kind of wandered into the room and and stuff. Uh, it got really good audience appreciation figures. Uh, eighty seven for the first episode and eighty nine for the second. The Appreciation Index, or AI, is a measure of how much the audience liked the program. The BBC doesn't show commercials, but they, they do check ratings, so they got to kind of tell what's popular, what's not, in their competition against ITV. So they uh, basically poll people and say, how'd you like this show? And so it creates a score out of 100 and based on responses from the audience. The average score for children's television is 72 so, and a score of excess of uh, 85 is regarded as excellent, and a score below 60 is poor. So, with an 87 and 89, the people who watched Sarah Jane Adventures mm-hmm. liked it a lot. So, 
It's still on for a few more weeks, and there'll probably be more after that. Yeah, I was happy the kids got to meet the doctor finally, too. That and they got great. to run around in the TARDIS. Yep. That was actually very cool. So, news this week. It's more remake news. I'd like to go through an episode where we don't talk about anyone doing a remake, but I think in 2009, that's just not going to happen. So, there's another remake coming. The Sci-Fi Channel has picked up Being Human which is a BBC series. It ran on BBC America over the summer. And it's about three 20-something roommates. Uh, one's a ghost, one's a vampire, and one's a werewolf. Haven't seen it, so go on. I watched the first episode, and I didn't really get into it. I just sort of thought... It wasn't, it wasn't compelling enough to make me want to watch the second episode. Maybe I should have given it more of a chance. But... Uh, Anyway, it obviously impressed the Sci-Fi Network um, enough that they're going to do an American version of it. 13 episodes. Okay. Any casting news? No, it's still early. There's going to be a second season of the British version. And the president of the Sci-Fi Network, Dave Howe, stressed that the aim is not to, quote, slavishly replicate the British version, which may be good or bad. At least it's not another one of these military SF shows, which is what Sci-Fi seems to really... uh, lean on quite a bit so being human will be coming to the united states with an american cast probably shot in canada i'm willing to bet so more work for those people in vancouver what's on tv this week tuesdays james may's toy stories continues on bbc2 and about him and his favorite toys growing up and there's a repeat on sunday night Wednesday, the school drama Waterloo Road continues, based on it's a teen drama based in a high school. Also Wednesday night on BBC Two, Andrew Marr's History of Britain continues, and it also repeats on Friday night. On Wednesday, the espionage drama Spooks, Spooks, which is better known as MI5 here for no Spooks in, in Holland, probably. Oh, no. that's pretty Sorry, good. you no, can make no. fun of me the next time I do a little flub. It's all right. No, no, no. Sprooks. 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 I think we should call it Sprooks. Yeah, I don't know why BBC America insists on calling it MI5. One of their weird little things. but uh, So Spooks or MI5, however you call it. It's coming back. New season starts uh, Wednesday night on BBC One. So if you love that kind of uh, drama, it's very intense. And the BBC version, they don't show credits at the end. It just goes to black, hmm. and they say, if you want to see the credits, go online, which is a very interesting way of doing it, although annoying for those of us who want to see the credits. So that's Wednesday night on BBC One, and it will also be, you can see the next episode Friday night on BBC Three. You can't wait, but it'll normally be in the Wednesday night time slot. Thursday afternoon at 4.35 is the Sarah Jane Adventures, which we were just talking about, uh, two-part serial The Eternity Trap. So part one on Thursday and part two Friday at the same time. Yeah, now what happened to the character Maria? See, I missed the second oh, series. Maria but... and her dad have to move, had to move to the United States. Okay, because they mentioned her. They mentioned her a lot. She, they even showed her in a flashback. And she's, she's mentioned on screen quite a bit. Hmm. I don't know the real story that the actress had to leave or whatever, but they didn't just... She's not like Richie's brother, just off-screen and you never yeah. hear her mentioned again. They, they well, do keep talking about yeah, her. Yeah, the actress often. was in Ballet Shoes with Emma Watson and everyone else a couple of years ago and was really good in that, so I'm wondering, hmm. But they keep the character alive because okay, they, they mention her a lot. 
enough, at least once a story, that they, at least they are not pretending, oh, she never was there. Oh, good. So you've been replaced by a character named Ronnie, not the Kate O'Mara character, but a girl of Indian descent. And her parents are a florist and the headmaster at the school. And I think they are aware of aliens now, because they finally caught a glimpse of a few. Although the, nobody knows about Sarah Jane's activities, it's supposed to be a secret. Uh, Thursday on Channel 4 is the documentary, The Schoolboy That Sailed the World about Michael Perham, a 16-year-old who, well, the title pretty much gives it away. That sounds pretty good. So, it's a documentary? Yeah, so it's a documentary. Was, wow. He so, made it all the way around, circumnavigated now, the earth. Now, wasn't it the Cuddy Sark that burnt down in Greenwich? So maybe they can take his boat, and if it's large enough, and make it the new... Because uh... there was always the Gypsy Moth and the Cuddy Sark in Greenwich. Well, when did the Cuddy Sark burn down? Oh, last year, I remember them mentioning oh. it on one of our shows that we love, and I can't remember which one, but maybe they can put his boat there and have another attraction. It probably wasn't as large as the Cuddy Sark. I used to, I used to do yeah. models of the Cuddy Sark when I was a ute. Uh, New Tricks repeats on Thursday nights as well on BBC One. Fridays, if you like intellectual quiz shows, Mastermind is on BBC Two. And the specialist subjects will include Richard III, the life and times of Morihei Ushiba, the Chartist movement, and the life and work of Edward Manet. So right, I'm then. getting more intelligent just thinking about it. That's Mastermind on Friday night. The Celebrity Current Affairs show, Have I Got News For You, which we were just talking about, is on Friday on BBC One. Guest host, Kirsty Young, the news reader. And guest panelists, Ross Noble and Robert Peston. Not to be confused with Robert Preston, who was in The Music Man and is dead. Uh, right after Have I Got News For You on BBC One is the sketch comedy series Armstrong and Miller. On the other side, Benidorm on ITV, the comedy... It would be the last episode then. Probably. And yeah. if that's not enough, on Channel 4 is the Comedy Showcase, which features pilots for potential new series. You can see them here first. This week it's Campus. Although the plot description sounds a little bit like the American series Community. But some of these shows turn into, or pilots become series, so a good chance to see things and uh, know what the future of Channel 4 is, because Channel 4 has some pretty good cutting-edge comedies. And that's followed by a repeat of the IT crowd. Jonathan Ross on Friday night at 10.35 is going to have Jimmy Carr, Serena Williams, and, no relation, Robbie Williams. <laughs> uh, Saturdays, Merlin continues on BBC One at 5.40. Harry Hill's TV Burp is on ITV, and The Thick of It on BBC Two at 10.10. Sunday nights, Doc Martin with Martin Clunes on ITV. And that's opposite Garrow's Law, Tales from the Old Bailey, which is the BBC historical drama. On Monday the 9th, David Attenborough's documentary series Life continues on BBC One. The Graham Norton Show is later on BBC One, and David Tennant is the guest. Hoorah. No doubt promoting his new Doctor Who special, The Waters of Mars, which will get transmitted in the UK on Sunday the 15th. Hip, hip, hooray. And it is coming to BBC America in December. But we'll be talking a lot more about that next week. And, maybe you don't know this, the debut of Miranda, starring Miranda Hart. Oh, we were, I think we spoke of her Last week. Uh, she hosted Have I Got News For You. So she has her own comedy series now, and it co-stars Patricia Hodge and Sally Phillips. Well, hey. Miranda was on Smack the Pony ages ago. With so. Sally Phillips? Yes. So... 
She's but, returning the favor now. She's got her own show. So that's next Monday on BBC. Yep, she's had her own radio show for some time. So it's nice to see her moving to television too. ITV puts in its drama slot Collision next Monday with Primeval's Douglas Henshaw. It's a, he plays a troubled police detective, John Tolan, who returns to work after an extended period of leave, but his first day back throws up a complicated case involving a shocking road accident. And on the other side, on Channel 4, the execution of Gary Glitter. It's set in a parallel world where the death penalty has been reintroduced to the UK. The first person to be tried under the new Capital Crimes Against Children legislation is Paul Gadd, a.k.a. 1970s glam rock star Gary Glitter. Wow. Yeah, that's quite a concept. I gotta see that. Mm. So that's uh, next Monday on Channel 4. Lots of good shows on. On BBC America this week, Top Gear and Friday Night with Jonathan Ross are on Fridays. Saturday continues the third season of Robin Hood and the Graham Norton Show. And on Sunday night, they're showing Eddie Izzard Circle. Well, that's from 2000. That's that's a long time okay, ago. Okay, so they're yeah, just... 1999-2000. Repeating old material there. Right. And on Adult Swim at 1 a.m. Sunday night, i.e. early Monday morning, is The Mighty Boosh. DVD releases in the U.S. First one is Doctor Who The War Games. No, but that's before my time, I think. Yes, it is. It is the 10-part finale to the Patrick Troughton era in 1969 in glorious black and white. The show would come back the next year in color. It's chock full of documentaries, including Talking About Regeneration, which is a look at the many lives of the Doctor, War Zone, about the making of the serial, which mostly takes place during the trenches of World War I and many other wars, but not to give it away, and a look at the Target novelizations. So that's Doctor Who the War Games. Sounds great, actually. Yes, it is. Uh, another Doctor Who release, the Black Guardian Trilogy. It features three Peter Davison stories from 1983, Modern Undead, Terminus, and Enlightenment. And they were all sort of linked together. That was the uh, 20th anniversary season. And it includes lots of specials, including a re-edited director's cut of Enlightenment, where they make it just a, a movie instead of four episodes of cliffhangers. Mm. Also on DVD, The Edge of Darkness. This is the brilliant 1985 BBC miniseries with Bob Peck, Joanne Whaley, and Joe Don Baker. Do you remember that? No, I've always liked Joanne Whaley, though. She plays a nuclear activist. She's Bob Peck's daughter, and she disappears, and he goes looking for her, and he discovers all sorts of conspiracies. It was really good. Very intense. I liked it a lot. And the Ali G Show, the complete series. It's the way it's spelled. That's what I'm just doing the way it's read here, folks. And that probably would include the first appearances of Borat, who turned up on the mm -hmm. Ali G Show. And, of course, the character by Sasha Baron Cohen originally appeared on the 11 o'clock show. Right. Bruno was on some early, some of the episodes as well of the Ali G show. So that's the, not the Ali G in the USIE, but... Well, it says the complete series, so I'm right. not sure if it has the American one or not. You can find out for yourself. That's on DVD. And finally, the award-winning Criminal Justice with Ben Wishaw, Bill Patterson, Pete Postlewaith. Con O'Neill and Julia Aubrey, and has been released by BFS Entertainment. Yep, and we've got a Eddie Azard DVD out tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It would be Sexy, which and... is from 2003, but it's 
only coming out in NTSC. The tour that it's from was filmed twice and everywhere else in the world that was a show that he taped in Eastbourne where he had spent many of his formative years. But at the time, he then went on after the taping of that show to play Wembley and there was a lot of buzz that he should have waited and taped it at Wembley, so he did. So we're getting the Wembley version five years after the rest of the world got the Eastbourne version of the same the same show, which was sexy, S-E-X-I-E. But no one else in the world will get the Wembley show? That's what he said. They'll have to import it. How ironic. So our fans in England, you're going to have to get your region-free... Actually, I think the DVD players over there will play everything. So just go to Amazon.com and buy a copy. So our feature this week is going to be on actress Romola Gary. Right, and she's she's done a lot of film, but some TV as well. And since she just finished up the four-part newest episode, the the newest version of Emma, thought it was time to speak about her because I just think she's an up-and-coming superstar. I see her as kind of beyond, above, and apart from a lot of other actresses of her generation. She seems to pick only excellent projects with only a few missteps. I noticed a, a dirty dancing movie in her resume yeah, there, but we'll... That was to try to get a little notice in the United States, and I don't think she cares anymore. She's much rather work with wonderful people and do a lot of theater. But and she work, she's a self-described expert on corsets now because she's done nine different roles that required wearing them. Yes, uh, Nicholas Nickleby, Vanity Fair... Oh, boy. Renaissance, uh, King Lear, Emma. But one of our first TV appearances was in Attachments. Yeah, the the dot comedy, dramedy. From 2000, 2001, back when dot coms were really big. And let's listen to a clip here. This is the the most awkward seduction scene you will ever hear with her character, Zoe, being seduced, sort of, by Brendan. Do you want to put something on? No, I'm quite tired, actually. Yeah, me too. We'll just have this and go to bed, yeah? I mean, you know. Are you cold? Because I can always turn the heating up. No, I'm fine. I just like wearing it. Yeah, it's nice. Do you want to sit down? Oh, you don't have to. Uh, I do this every night. It's not special or anything. I like candles. That's better, isn't it? So what time is your train tomorrow? Two o'clock. What time does it get to Manchester? I don't know. I can phone and check if you like. No, it's, it's all right, thanks. Are you being met by someone at the station? Yeah. Do you want to go to bed with me? I do. I mean, I want to. I would really like to, if you do. I mean, I love you. (laughs) No, I do. I love you. I always have. 
You're the most beautiful person I've ever seen. Will you? Do you want to with me? I'm sorry. I can't. Yeah, I didn't think you would, though. I just wanted to tell you how much I think about you. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Zoe. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow, yeah? No. That was uh, from Attachments in 2001. Yeah, that also had David Williams and Andrew Sachs playing his dad. That's right, David Williams and his pre- Projectile vomiting Little Britain days. I can't remember if his character was supposed to be gay or not. It was very confusing. He... No, he wasn't. I, because there was a point at which his dad sort of had designs on a woman, that a younger woman, but that she ended up going out with David's character. Oh, but Sophie, <laughs> the other character, was was gay. Romola played uh, Zoe Atkins there. She wasn't the lead, but one of the supporting characters there. And apparently she did this show during a break from university. Yeah, and um, I read that she just got her degree in English literature, which took her six years because it was all done by correspondence during the hurry-up-and-wait pauses and between all the filming she's been doing for years and years. So she didn't. She said she doesn't know what she's going to do with herself now because she's always had some studying to do. Movie-making is very slow, so there's lots of free time if you've got it. She definitely hit the ground running with that. I liked Attachments a lot. And she segued from that to probably her next big part, which was a Nicholas Nickley. Yeah, she played Nicholas's sister. And this was the film version that came out a year after the TV version with Sophia Miles playing the same role, Ah. Kate Nickleby. And they're kind of fun if you're a Dickens fan or even if you're not. It's kind of fun to watch both versions filmed so closely and, and... if you have a lot of free time, you should take both versions and splice them together so they alternate different the scenes with the different actors there. There's really, really different choices in both to make some characters comedy grotesques and others and the same character in another version quite different. Um, I enjoyed it a lot, but she played... She had such a hard scene to play where her character is being affronted by a number of gentlemen because she's been asked to host a party be the female host of a party her uncle's giving and she played it so subtly but with such strength and intelligence i just think that's when i really first noticed her really recommend that role so that's uh the nicholas nickleby the film version not the tv version so careful when you're ordering online or using netflix of course you can't go wrong it's both good both good versions right good right excellent and uh, then uh, I Capture the Castle. Yeah, a Dodie Smith book. I, her other book was slightly more famous, 101 Dalmatians. But I Capture the Castle is just this pure magic little ultimate girl's book, I think. Ultimate young women's book where she's the younger sister and her very, very poor family. Who's, and the father is a writer with a severe case of writer's block. He's played by Bill, Bill Nighy in the movie. And... They're living in a 
building that's attached to a castle, which they get nearly rent-free because the person who owns it's a fan of the father, and some very wealthy brothers who own but have never seen the plot of land right next to them move there. And so the stepmother immediately starts matchmaking between the sisters and the brothers, but it doesn't go to plan at all. It's a wonderful book, and I thought they did very well in paring away what didn't need be need to be there and, and keeping the the best bits of it for the film and she was definitely the lead absolutely in that and most excellent we'll skip over dirty dancing havana nights and go on to vanity fair which the bbc likes to do about every 10 years mm-hmm. there seemed to be a new version of vanity fair and she played amelia sedley have you seen that version no nope, haven't seen that I haven't one. seen that one inside i'm dancing yeah, with um, James McAvoy. Ah, right. who she will be reunited with on screen a couple of years later, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Right. Well, there are two young men who are living in a group home because one has Duchenne muscular dystrophy. That's James McAvoy's character, and he's kind of near the end of his journey. He's all completely paralyzed except for a couple fingers and his head so he can speak. And then the friend with severe cerebral palsy is also living there, and they apply to get a grant to live independently, but they still need someone to be with them to help with certain parts of the living. And they just meet her. She just works at a shop, but she's so unsentimental with them that they just decide they can train her to what they'll need her to help them with, and they'd rather have her than someone else, so... And the money's good, so she agrees to do it. So it's sort of their, the story of the three of them. Cool. Yeah. In 2005, she was in the miniseries Mary Bryant. And she won some acting nominations for that as well. She was in Kenneth Branagh's As You Like It. Then Atonement. So we get back to James McAvoy's big mm-hmm. on-screen thing. And she was the young Bryony. Right, in the second section of the film so the characters all uh, have young and older versions there and eventually uh, Vanessa Redgrave shows up mm-hmm. a very odd ending and then she appeared in theater with the Royal Shakespeare Company doing Cordelia King Lear opposite uh, Ian McKellen and Sylvester McCoy they toured the earth and this was filmed and shown on PBS earlier this year most excellent yeah now that's a job as well as getting to act with those names, but getting to tour the world as well and see some of the sights because you're not stuck on a set all day. You just have to go to the theater at night. I read that originally uh, there was rumors that the fool part, which Sylvester McCoy did, that same actor never appears on stage with Cordelia. And so the part was doubled up. So the fool would be in the first half of the show and Cordelia, played by the same actor, because of course it was all men in drag in those days, played Cordelia. But of course, there's no... It's hard to document that stuff, but that's a theory of people who, uh, the Shakespeareologists. But definitely in this version, Romola Gary was doing it, and Sylvester McCoy. You would not confuse them, even in a dark alley. And that leads us to um, the new version of Emma, which the BBC just finished showing, based on the Jane Austen novel, and coming next year to PBS. So you'll get a chance to see this yourselves. Oh dear, oh dear. Poor Miss Taylor. You must stop this at once, Emma, this matchmaking. It is of the greatest misfortune for poor Miss Taylor. 
Just think, she's been with us and our family for 17 years. She might have stayed here till she died, if you'd left well alone. Misfortune? But now she has the greatest future ahead. A husband she loves, a house, and maybe even a family. A family? Surely not. Surely you would not deny her that. She's looked after us so well and for so long. Mothers die, and that is a fact. Miss Taylor is not young. Oh, dear. You should not make matches or predictions. Unfortunately, they all come true. Everybody said that Mr. Weston would never remarry, yet I knew from that day with the umbrellas that he would marry Miss Taylor. It is my greatest success. <laughs> success? And how do you reckon that? Success implies endeavour. Just saying to yourself, I think it would be a fine thing if Miss Taylor and Mr. Weston were to marry, and then repeating it to yourself every so often is not the same as bringing it about. Just at the moment when Mr. Weston bought Randall's and was considering how to fill it, I was there to smooth the way. I desperately wanted to start watching it before this show because I knew we were going to talk about her and the week just didn't let me do it, but I'm looking forward to it. Your wife's upstairs now, a huge Jane Austen fan. She's just, drooling over the DVDs as we speak. Yeah, she's, she's probably about halfway through episode one. So, Yeah, my wife loves her Jane Austen, so we'll check that out. So, Romola, obviously a very intelligent person, having now graduated from uh, university, where she was uh, ripped away from in order to follow the acting life. But she seems to have done pretty well for herself. Yep, so go Romola, if you ever hear us talking so praisingly of you. You deserve it. Well, cool. Anything else we want to say about her? No, I'm glad she's young and has a big career ahead of her. Okay. Here Sounds like loop. she's going to stay acting. It, might, it sort of started almost as a fluke with agents discovering her, but um, she seems to be doing every project she can pick that'll help her grow and work with established thespians. And she's worked with a lot of people. Herself Judy and, Dench and She can hold Ian her McKellen own against them, too, which is great. A lot of good ones. So next week, you'll like this. How about... Ardell O'Hanlon. Oh, great. Saw him in a play last time I was in Well, there we go. And his TV credits, uh, Father Ted, he played the very dim bulb Father Dougal, and My Hero, the superhero sitcom, which has been shown on PBS here. And, you know, I think Stephen Fry started it, but so, so many comedians slash actors there write books. But his novel, Knickknack Paddywhack, which is what it was called, I think, in this country, and I'll, I'll research some more. One of the best of the whole crop, I thought. So I can talk more about that later. Ardell tells a very funny story. I think it was on an episode of Graham Norton, and I will dig it up and we'll uh, include it in next week's show. It's kind of a, a funny story, the expense of his mother. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Nope. Okay, well, we'll be playing that next week. So next week, Irish comic, Ardell O'Hanlon. Good idea. We'll talk about him then. It'll be great. That's right. And we'll be gearing up for the big Doctor Who premiere next week, too. We'll be talking about that. And that might give you a hint about who we might be focusing on in the weeks ahead. Meanwhile, you should go to our website, BritishTVPodcast.com. We have show notes, links to things we're talking about, headlines, and what's on this week. Also, new feature, you can read a little bit about us. You can even hear a quick interview that was done with me on Radio 4 in 2007 when they were asking me about BBC America dropping Benny Hill and whether or not I was sad or not. The answer is no. (laughs) 
You were over at my place crying. I had to make you cocoa. Don't lie, Ryan. I don't even get BBC America. Well, it's true. Anyway, so that's it. And uh, of course, we'd love to hear from you. And you can just email us at feedback at BritishTVPodcast.com. If you have a question or comment or correction or anything, you want a, a good recipe, you know, uh, Chrissy's an excellent cook. I'm sure she'd be happy to help you out there. So uh, drop us a line if you would. And, of course, you can subscribe to this podcast through iTunes or go right to our website and get it. So thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more about British TV. See you later. Goodbye. Goodbye.